Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Oh, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Derek Hunter Show podcast. It is the 6th of April 2022. Happy hump day to you. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for downloading, sharing, telling a friend, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to everybody and anybody who goes to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and uh, subscribes and supports the program that way. All the support is deeply, deeply appreciated. Really is. Really, really is. God, it's so expensive in life right now. Uh, so every every little bit helps. Thank you very much. Now, um, let me tell you about the program. It is action-packed as always, and I want to get right to it as it rains. It's, I'm going to feel like I need to build an ark. Stop raining already. Can we get to... I know that the spring flowers or April flowers bring May showers, but my God. Sun does come out in April, too, doesn't it? Anyway, let's get on with the show because I need to swim. We're going to need to learn how to swim if this doesn't stop. Lots going on in the world. So much insanity. You think, how could they cram this much stupid into 24 hours? And you say, well, because that's all they could. They had more stupid. They're just, you know, backing up. There is, uh, we've got uh, Joe Biden lying again about being a trucker riding with just just it just didn't happen it just didn't happen and he's still rolling with it why because he believes it i think at this point if you tell enough lies if you tell lies long enough i think you start to believe them if you convince yourself boy uh all the chicks in high school loved me and you never had a date but you get 20 30 years outside of high school and you've told that lie because you think it makes you look cool to, I don't know, other women you're trying to pick up in bars or whatever, you begin to start to believe it. You can start to go, yeah, you know what they did? Like They just were afraid. They were afraid to act. Like all of those uh, supermodels you always see being uh, interviewed going, you know, no, I was the ugly duckling. Like, No, you weren't. You were six foot one and like 110 pounds. You're, if somebody was given a box of parts, they'd make you. And uh, you're... No, then nobody ever asked me out. I didn't go to my prom because uh, nobody, everybody was afraid to ask me out, or nobody talked to me. Like, or it was because you were in Milan for Fashion Week. Like, I, I don't know. It could be one of the two things. You want to skip Fashion Week and go with the uh, zit-faced braces-wearing captain of the football team on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I probably don't. I probably don't think you want to do that. So you can fool yourself into believing all sorts of things. Oh, they were they. Nobody wanted to go out with me because yeah, they thought that, you know, you're dating 35-year-old uh, photographers in uh, Acapulco. You know, that's going to be a bit intimidating for anybody. But you made a lot of money, so you got that going for you. Anyway, Joe is one of those guys who may well believe his lies. 
he may well be just so far gone that he can't differentiate between the truth and lies anymore, too. That's entirely possible, if not probable. President Fauci is back. We've got him saying, get ready, maybe we might have to bring back masks. And the uh, the media story that wasn't last week's big bombshell report that was going to be the end of Donald Trump yet again turned out to be bogus, even though the people who were... So many stories about Donald Trump have turned out to be completely false. And the people who reported them have a very similar defense. It's something along the lines of, yeah, but still. It rings true. It seems true. It might as well be true. Well, yes, everybody on the record denies it, and all the forensic evidence uh, says it isn't true. However, who are you going to believe, them or our anonymous source who fed us this information? I don't know how to compare. Well, it doesn't matter. Trust us. The anonymous source is way better than all the evidence. What's, what are you going to do? Believe your lying eyes over our anonymous source you never heard of and will never know? So we've got uh, a little montage from Grabian Media on that. But I want to start off. There was an exchange yesterday at the White House during the press briefing. You'll notice the only time... And it's only every once in a while, but the only time the press briefing comes close to being interesting or informative is when it's Peter Ducey asking questions. Have you noticed that? Now, sometimes he doesn't hit a home run with his questions. Most of the time he does. He at least gets a, a piece of the ball. But he, uh, he's the only one up there challenging these people remotely at all in any way, shape, or form about the garbage they're spewing. Even when the uh, the press itself is under attack, even when, like, Hunter Biden, coke-fueled things, like, oh, no, no, that's, uh, it has nothing to do with the president. What about all the emails that say 10% for the big guy? What about all the emails that talk about Hunter complaining that he's been paying for Joe's lifestyle? Seems like that'd be kind of relevant to me. Oh, no, we somehow have not been able to verify. We've verified everything else on that laptop except for those things. And, you know, it could be Russian. Those emails could be Russian disinformation, you see. That's the way it works. It's not the way it works. But uh, they don't want to report on Joe Biden. But they do want to be able to report on Joe Biden. In many ways, think of the media as the, uh, the palace guard not for Joe Biden, not for the president, but for the Democratic Party, for the progressive philosophy. They are letting it be known that they have the goods. They could at any moment wield the sword of Damocles hanging over Joe Biden's head and take down this administration. They've gone right up to the line. They've reported on, well, not everything, but almost everything on that Hunter Biden laptop that doesn't involve Joe. Putting Joe on notice that, hey, you better start racking up some victories. You better start doing something. You better start getting things done, lest we go 
into the parts of the laptop that they don't want. I mean, all the pictures of and videos of, of Hunter fooling around with various prostitutes are already out there. You can't embarrass the family any further. For some reason, Hunter isn't embarrassed by this. Joe isn't embarrassed by this. There's literal photographs of, of Hunter Biden sleeping, passing out with a crack pipe in his mouth. He didn't take those pictures. You don't, you're not able, and maybe he's, he'll be the only crackhead in history with the foresight to go, I feel like I'm going to pass out with a crack pipe in my mouth. I've always wanted a picture of me sleeping with a crack pipe in my mouth. So I'm going to set up my phone to take a picture in like an hour. Then I'm going to lay in bed and start smoking crack. And maybe it will capture that moment. You know how the, uh, the deep sea photographers go, we've never seen a giant squid before, but we think they feed here. So we'll just set up a bunch of cameras and let them film nonstop. And then we'll go back and uh, check them every once in a while. And eventually, after years of trying, they caught a giant squid on camera. It's very exciting. Maybe Hunter Biden had that sort of foresight. Maybe he's his own giant squid or his own white whale or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't think... I don't think crack smokers, and correct me if I'm wrong if you're a crack smoker, uh, have the foresight to be able to execute a plan like that. Just saying. So he has no shame. He has no no embarrassment. There's nothing. You look at this and you go, just like the Kardashian sex tapes and the uh, Paris Hilton sex tape, Ten, if it had happened 10 years earlier, they would have gone into hiding. They would have been mortified, embarrassed. But they said, you know what? I can parlay this thing into a career. And, you know, God bless them. They did. Hunter Biden, eh, I think he was probably smoking crack because of his career, which was being the family's bag man and having to go and shake down everybody his father did business with. But that's beside the point. Those are the only times that questions and answers with... Uh, Jin Saki, Ginger Goebbels herself, have had any interest or impact whatsoever. Now, when it comes to Hunter, they just go, well, that's Hunter. The president barely knows. He loves his son dearly, but he barely knows his son. Let's be honest. They don't hang out. It's, it's amazing watching them sort of try to distance the president from his son when the president ran for president on the, I give you my word as a Biden. We're all Bidens here. We're Biden, 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 Biden. Anyway, Ducey asked Ginger Goebbels about Florida, about the uh, alleged, don't say gay bill, uh, the parental rights and education bill. And he asked a completely relevant question, really the question for Democrats who are up in arms about the idea that you cannot instruct five to eight-year-olds on gender identity, transsexuality, uh, transitioning, homosexuality, heterosexuality at all. You can't talk about any of this stuff with these kids. You've just got to do your, imagine that, a job where you've just got to do your job. And uh, Ginger Goebbels' answer is one of the all-time great non-answers you'll ever hear. She tosses a word salad. She deflects. She tries to debate. She doesn't come anywhere close to an answer, to a very basic question. The White House is opposed to this piece of legislation, so at what age does the White House say children should be taught about transgenderism, should be instructed on transgender? 
Uh, she has no answer. There is no answer that they want to tell publicly. They mean right at birth. They want to, uh, you know, if a baby, boy baby with blue uh, shirt on gravitates towards a pink blanket, they want to start putting that kid on puberty blockers. That's how sick they are. All the while telling us gender is nothing but a social construct and the colors pink and blue are arbitrary. But they want to alter people's existence based on them. Anyway, listen to this first exchange for yourself. And then what about this new law in Florida? At what age does the White House think that students should be taught about sexual orientation and gender identity? Well, I would say, uh, first of all, Peter, um, we have spoken to uh, the Don't Say Gay bill in the past, I believe is what you're referring to, and made clear that uh, as we look at this, uh, this, uh, this law, uh, what we think it's a reflection of is politicians in Florida propagating misinformed, hateful policies that do n absolutely nothing to address uh, the real issues. Uh, the Department of Education is well positioned and ready to evaluate um, what to do next and uh, when and its implementation, whether its implementation violates federal civil rights law. Uh, but I would note that parents across the country uh, are looking to, um, you know, uh, national, state, and district leaders to uh, support our nation's students, to ensure that uh, kids are treated equally in schools, and that is certainly not, this is not a reflection of that. Did you hear an answer in that question? or in that response to the question. The question was, at what age? At what? You are outraged that teachers in Florida cannot instruct on sex, anything related to sex, kindergarten through third grade. So when should, uh, that would imply that you think in there, between the kindergarten and third grade, or prior to kindergarten, certainly not after. Because if you believe that sex education on sexual orientation, transgenderism, and all these uh, gender dysphoria, whatever, if you think that shouldn't happen until eighth grade, then you your problem with the Florida bill is that you sit there and go, why did it stop in third grade? Why didn't it go up to seventh grade? So clearly, the date in which Democrats think kids should be preached to about sexual orientation and gender dysphoria is prior to third grade it might be first grade they can say well i think it's first grade in this bill if it doesn't if it was uh, just kindergarten then it would be fine but she won't say anything which leads me to believe it's younger Ducey then circles back like a shark who's tasted the blood or smelled the blood in the water and goes back for another bite and the second bite isn't any better for ginger gerbils than the first and, and so just the last one it, so if you guys oppose this law that bans classroom instruction about uh, sexual orientation and gender identity in K through three. Does White House support that kind of classroom instruction before kindergarten? Do you have examples of schools in uh, Florida that are teaching kindergartners about sex education? I'm just asking for the president. Well, I think that's a re I think that's a relevant question because I think this is a politically charged, uh, harsh law that is putting parents and LGBTQ plus kids in a very difficult, uh, heartbreaking uh, circumstance. And so I actually think that's a pretty relevant question. Oh, it's just heart. Your heart just breaks, doesn't it? It's just, it's just so heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, so verklempt. She can't say. She won't say. Now, the only reason to explain, there are two possibilities to explain what's going on here. Either they don't care 
and it's all for show, or their answer is so horrendous that uh, she doesn't want to give it. I suspect it's actually that they don't care. I don't think they give a damn about this at all. They see it as a political wedge issue. The gay community is uh, very, very generous in donating to the Democratic Party. That's why Joe Biden came out in favor of gay marriage in 2012. The Biden Obama or the Obama Biden ticket was not doing so well in the fundraising department at the time, particularly amongst gay Democrats. They didn't feel as though they'd gotten their money's worth from 2008. And so when Joe Biden came out and said it suddenly, miraculously, curiously, the donations started rolling in. And then Barack was convinced to go against what four years prior was his deeply held religious belief about the definition of marriage. And the floodgates opened. Boy, howdy, it was game on at that point. It was never, I don't think Barack Obama was ever opposed to gay marriage. I don't think Barack Obama ever gave a damn about gay marriage. I think he tried to play it the way he could to best advantage himself financially and politically. And when that changed, his stance changed. He just didn't care enough. He cared about himself. Joe Biden is the same way. Ginger Goebbels is the same way. It is her job to protect the president. She can protect him from the media. She just can't protect him from himself. Hopefully, Joe will be asked this question or something very similar at some point in the future, and he will be confounded. He will talk the same way about, oh, this is a hateful thing, and these poor trans kids, and we must give a affirming, life-affirming, gender-affirming care to every trans kid in the country. What that means, which is uh, why they need to come up with a term like gender-affirming, is that they want to permanently block puberty from these children and then surgically, permanently, irreversibly butcher their bodies physically for all time. And they're the party of compassion. My ass. Oh, I'm just seeing this. This is going to get interesting. BuzzFeed reporting. Twitter CEO Parag Argawal. Parag Argawal. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I couldn't care less. He's not a fan of free speech, so he can go to hell. Just announced that Elon Musk will be joining Twitter's board of directors. Yeah, it's going to get interesting. That's what happens when you get to be the largest shareholder in a company and you have you know south of but almost 10 percent and you have the ability to buy the whole thing out like literally the only reason the only thing stopping elon musk from buying all of twitter is that people who own twitter stock some of them don't want to sell twitter doesn't want to sell but if elon the market cap now is like 33 billion dollars or something like that with he already owning 10%, he'd have to pony up $30 billion. He could do that like that, no big deal, and uh, take over the whole thing and take it private. That would be awesome. God, that would be awesome. But anyway, he's joining the board of directors, so things are looking good on that front. Um, by the way, back to the uh, don't say gay stuff. If you want to hear something funny, New York City is trying to... New York City hemorrhaged residents 
during the pandemic because people were sick of the draconian lockdowns. They were sick of everything, the restrictions, the restrictions that were already there, the high taxes that were already there. And they hear tale of Florida, my God, they don't even have a state income tax. That's insane. And so a whole bunch of Florida, tens of thousands of New Yorkers have moved to Florida. Sadly, they'll probably vote for what they fled. Uh, nobody said New Yorkers were bright, eh? You know what I'm saying, Paisano? But the city of New York never wanted to miss an opportunity. They want to, uh, well, the new mayor there wants to prove his his progressive bona fides, if you will. So you see, the, the mayor of New York is not beloved by the rabid left because he recognizes that getting rid of police would be wildly stupid. That it would be wildly, wildly stupid. Because, well, it would be wildly, wildly stupid. So he campaigned on that. Not, not getting rid of police, not defunding the police. And he won. Won pretty easily, pretty handily. As such, he's got a bit of a mandate when it comes to not defunding the police, not throwing police under the bus, not calling police. This. He will. He's, if the circumstances arise, he will be as anti-cop as any Democrat. It's, it's who they are, ultimately, when you peel back. But for now, he's able to pretend to be not anti-police, which is kind of a sad comment. He's not anti-police. That's enough to make you, like, pro-police in the... Uh, <laughs> I, I would spit on a cup if you were on fire. That's enough to make you uh, sympathetic to police on the left. It's very bizarre cult that they've constructed over there so he held a press conference yesterday eric adams did to announce that they were going to put up billboards throughout florida throughout certain parts of florida to attract new yorkers back because of the so-called don't say gay bill like I'm, I'm not kidding the quote, uh, this is from the UK Daily Mail. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is erecting five billboards in major Florida cities, criticizing the state's don't say gay law and encouraging people to move to New York. Do it, please. If that's going to be enough to draw you to go, please. I think Florida might even subsidize your move. The digital billboards designed by subsidiaries of advertising giant WPP uh, and you bet it costs the city a pretty penny, uh, will be placed on ad spaces donated by the company. They'll appear in Fort Lauderdale. Now, the so they, they're designed by WPP. I imagine they were paid for it. And like, oh, no, we'll give you the space to put them. Well, that, first of all, it's a rotating digital billboard, so it's not really all that much money. Secondly, they made their money on the front end. So what do they care? I suspect. Uh, they'll appear in Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, and West Palm Beach for eight weeks starting Monday. That's fine. Please leave the state of Florida. Please leave the state of Florida. My wife is from Florida. My wife's family is from Florida. The allure of no income taxes is something that may well appeal to me one day. The humidity does not and never will, but still. So the more liberals get the hell out of Dodge, the better off everybody will be. But they'll say, quote, come to the city where you can say whatever you want, reads one of the ads, surrounded by the word gay in various uh, font sizes and colors. Another one simply proclaims, quote, 
When other states show their true colors, we show ours on a plain black background. <laughs> Good. Go. Go. Leave. Please leave. They're in response to Florida's parental rights and education law, the UK Daily Mail reports. Signed by Governor Ron DeSantis last week, the law bans classroom lessons on sexuality, gender identity, and sexual orientation in a manner that is not age-appropriate for kids up to third grade. They always leave that part off. They're like, oh, you mean like an 18-year-old senior can't learn? Yeah, no, an 18-year-old senior, knock yourself out. Uh, the legislation has ignited tensions between Republicans and Disney, which came out against it after employees in the company's theme parks and studios staged walkouts over its lack of response. The number of employees who walked out was one in Orlando, and I think it was 12 at uh, Pixar in Los Angeles. But the media is lazy. The media does what the media does all the time. Just like to say, well, in the fight for 15, where the fast food workers are striking for a $15 minimum wage, there are going to be walkouts and protests and strikes all across the country. All 50 states and 250 cities, tens of thousands of employees are going to do, and it's all in the future tense. It's all in the future tense. And then the day comes where these strikes and hundreds of thousands of, and you try to go through a McDonald's drive-thru and you won't notice a difference. You go to a Burger King for lunch, you won't notice a difference. Where you live, you will likely not see anybody protesting anything and no fast food joints shut down. What you will see on the news is the reporting of, oh, these strikes are nationwide, and then there'll be footage from New York and Chicago, maybe Los Angeles where if unions and left-wing organizers can't get 20 people who's probably had the day off since the restaurants they work for are not closed, uh, to come together for background shots on B-roll in a propaganda news report, then they're doing something wrong because that's what it is. Make no mistake about it. That is unequivocally what it is. It's garbage. They report on something that hasn't happened yet that comes straight from a press release. And they say, this is going to happen. And they never bother to check. Hey, was it actually happening in 250 cities across the country? Did you come anywhere close to 50,000 people off the job? No, they never do. But it's about the propaganda victory. And the propagandists are also the journalists. Anyway... Governor or Mayor Adams, the thing I wanted to point out about this that's pretty funny is the first one that Mayor Adams settled on. Come to the city where you can say whatever you want. Come to the city where you can say what, my God, New York sounds like the freest place in the world, right? Then we smash cut to this. At that very same press conference, this is a story from there. Weirdly, it doesn't seem to be covered, at least not above the fold in the UK Daily Mail story, which goes on for some time. It says, uh, this is from NBC4 in New York. Same press conference. A woman who worked for New York City's law department is out of a job after she posed as a reporter during a press conference in order to grill Mayor Eric Adams about his mask policy. Daniela Jampel questioned Adams about the children and masks at his Monday afternoon presser 
which was regarded uh, which was regarding an unrelated topic. The unrelated topic was the hey, we're putting billboards up in Florida. She has been a vocal critic of New York City's masking rules for preschoolers who are too young to be vaccinated. Quote, weeks ago, you told parents to trust you, that you would unmask our toddlers. Ten days ago, you stood right here and said that their masks would come off April 4th. That has not happened, Jampel said. Adams had previously said he planned to lift mask requirements for the youngsters on Monday, but said he changed his mind amid the rising number of COVID-19 cases in the five boroughs. Quote, there's a new variant. The numbers are increasing. We're going to move at the right pace, and that's the role I must do. That's what I stated. I'm living up to my promise, Adams said in response to Jampel. In a statement confirming Jampel's firing, the city law department said that, quote, her decision to lie to city hall staff and state she was a journalist at the press conference demonstrated a disturbing lack of judgment and integrity, end quote. The department also said she made, quote, troubling claims about her work and that the decision has been made to terminate her prior to Monday. Oh, yeah, this is a CYA. We're totally going to fire her before she did this thing that embarrassed the mayor. The mayor doesn't have anything to do with it, says the people whose employment is based on staying in the mayor's good graces. Come to New York where you can say whatever you want except for something that displeases the mayor. Do not say anything that displeases the mayor. If you displease the mayor, we are not responsible for anything that may follow, and you may and probably will lose your job. <laughs> now, Jampel, to her credit, she's retaining counsel. It's amazing to me how you can... First of all, who cares? Is Is lying to... City Hall employees a fireable offense? Is that written somewhere in the New York City Code of Conduct? Thou shalt not lie in any way, shape, or form to City Hall employees? Because if that's the case, I'm pretty sure that every mayor ever should be out on their rear end, right? Isn't that the case? You know, a politician, especially a politician in New York City, who hasn't BSed their way through something? Staff meeting, press, press, press conference, okay. You can lie to the press, but you can't lie and say that you are press, apparently. <laughs> Unbelievable. Come to New York, the city where you can say anything you want, except to question the mayor. Yeah. You couldn't make this stuff up if you wanted to, ladies and gentlemen, but why would you want to, man? Reality is so much more entertaining and surreal than fiction ever could be. Now there's a story out of Florida The Blaze has. Uh, Florida State Representative Randy Fine plans to push legislation to make it a felony, chi make it felony child abuse to give minors gender reassigning surgery or drugs. Amen. Amen. Just do whatever the hell you want to do as an adult. Nobody gives a damn. You want to jump off a bridge, eh, somebody will care. But in general, you're an 18-year-old, you're a 20-year-old, you're old enough. Oh, I know that's so terrible. You can't say that. What about the uh, suicide amongst the transgender people? No, suicide is wrong. Suicide is wrong under any circumstances. But in sheer numbers, there are more non-trans kids killing themselves, more non-trans people committing suicide then there are trans people. Why should we just focus on the tiny aspect of it? You really want to care about suicide. Ask a leftist, well, what are you doing about the uh, the military suicides? 
And they won't have an answer. They probably won't even know what you're talking about because they don't care. This is about politics. This is about virtue signaling. We must appear to be caring. Oh, we care so deeply. That's why we oppress. We only oppress because we love you. <laughs> it's kind of what your parents always said to you, except you had parents. It's not the government's job to be your parents. It's not Democrats' job to be your parents. My parents didn't offer me weed like Democrats seem to be wanting to do. That sort of stuff. The insanity that we have in this country where you're sitting there going, hey, this is, uh, this is how it should be. This is how it is. This is whatever. And then you end up with idiots on the right who they're useful, they're useful idiots to the left. They're really kind of useless idiots in the grand scheme of things. But they are, to the left, useful idiots. Robbie Suave, I think it's a Sove, Suave, whatever. He, uh, he appeared uh, on Tucker for a long time. He now hosts, I guess, the Hill, according to his Twitter bio, he hosts Hill TV, and he's an editor at Reason, which is libertarian. Libertarians seem to find new and creative ways to make themselves completely irrelevant every single day. And God bless them for that. Lest anybody start to take libertarians seriously, don't. He tweeted out this morning, everyone defending the Florida law along the lines of, yes, it should be normal for your kids not to know anything about your teacher's lives is being very weird. Like, if this is something that bothers you, you should probably just homeschool your kids. I can't imagine the public school system can live up to your expectations. Now, I don't know if Robbie Suave has kids or not. I can't imagine that he does. But um, teachers aren't your friend. Teachers aren't supposed to be your friend. Teachers are supposed to be your teachers. I never knew anything about my teachers growing up, and it didn't matter. I was a kid. I couldn't care less. I listened to the teacher because I had to. And then I went on to play with my friends when I could at every opportunity I got. I didn't go, oh, I want to go and play with uh, Mrs. Toth. No, no, I didn't. But this is how the left is. This is the progressive mindset. There are progressive people on the right and progressive people on the left. The idea of a progressive, the concept of a progressive is you're smarter and better than everybody else. And you need to have your will imposed on other people for their own good. That's what progressive really means. That's why I try to studiously avoid any Republican who cites Teddy Roosevelt as their favorite Republican. Teddy, now, Teddy Roosevelt did some fine things, but he wanted to do some really horrible things. He was a progressive. He wanted to use the power of government to force people to bend to his and the progressive's will. That's evil. David French, of I guess he used to be of National Review, now he's of the Dispatch and the Atlantic, which is a sign of conservatism, right? He's tweeting out, things are absurd. A thread. Them teaching race, race, the gender theories to young children is bad. And young kids shouldn't be exposed to instruction about sex. And then he goes on to talk about how people uh, watch Fox News or watch conservative media are really the problem. Watches Fox News segment threatening government reprisals for corporate speech. Me, wait, it's basic First Amendment doctrine that the government can't punish corporations for them. Surrender caucus, groomer, woke. It goes on. It's not worth reading like everything else that David French writes. It's not worth reading. 
but it does illustrate the one truism about David French, if you're at all familiar with his work, and should hopefully uh, spare you of bothering to like read his stuff. I don't care. Just don't expect anything from it. David French does what David French does best. In fact, he does the only thing David French does. He builds up a straw man that only David French can ignite, and then David French ignites it. It's not even tough. He won't give anybody else the matches. These are the so-called liberty-loving individuals who look at a situation and go, you know what, I'm better than they are. These people are idiots. They need to listen to me. They fire down their own trench. These are the people who pull the pin on a grenade and drop it in their own foxhole. That's what they do. Basically, David French is saying, ah, working class parents, this is how E.J. Miller put it on Twitter. Quote, working class parents can just hire a litigator and sue a well-funded county school board of education. That's the gist of David French. That's the gist of the surrender caucus on the right. Thank God so many people are seeing through this veneer and the dispatch is being read by fewer and fewer people in the Atlantic, well... It's owned by Steve Jobs' widow. She's got all of Jobs' billions and uh, nothing better to do. So there you go. That'll survive, but nothing else should. This is rather disturbing, too, from the White House on this same subject, from Chuck Ross over at the Washington Free Beacon. The Biden administration promoted the use of puberty blockers for transgender children by citing a study from an LGBT group funded in part by a manufacturer of the controversial drugs used in gender reassignment. It's really amazing. An oil company has any dollar, nickel, penny, anywhere near any study that says, you know what, maybe this doom and gloom climate change stuff is a bunch of hogwash. And they go, oh, it's just another oil industry funded thing. If some group took money from mobile, Exxon Mobil, say in 1977, they are bought and paid for by the oil industry. They haven't taken a dime since then, but that's just how it works. But uh, a company with a vested interest in this, really, because what else are hormone blockers for? And an LGBT group, which also has a vested political interest in this, they can come out with a, quote, study and go, oh, there you go. That's That sounds just like science to me. My God. It's as sciencey as the Catholic Church insisting the Earth is the center of the universe. They wouldn't have an agenda, would they? No. In a statement commemorating Transgender Day of Visibility, how about a Transgender Day of Invisibility? Can we have a day where all these whiny leftists just shut the hell up about this stuff for one 24-hour period? Hmm? Wouldn't that be nice? The White House and the Department of Health and Human Services, Health and Human Services, let that sink in, ironically named, and the Department of Health and Human Services cited research from the Trevor Project to support the use of puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and sex reassignment procedures in children seeking to change their genders. You cannot change your gender. Two of the Trevor Project donors... ABV, A-B-B-V-I-E, and allergen make drugs 
and medical products used in the medical gender transition process, and probably not in too much else. The charitable foundations of both companies gave at least $50,000 to the Trevor Project, according to a review of tax documents and the Trevor Project's website. The Trevor Project did not disclose the funding in its research. Weird. The Biden administration's support for gender-affirming care, and that's very Orwellian right there. It's gender-affirming care. I will, uh, somebody can explain to me what it feels like to, if you're a man, to be a woman. Then I'll start to believe that this is real. Uh, if you just tell me that I feel like and I did this, that, then, you know, you're not really explaining to it to me. Because you have no idea what it's like to be a woman if you're a man. You have no idea what it's like to be a man if you're a woman. You have no idea what it's like to be left-handed if you're right-handed and vice versa. You have no freaking idea what it's like to be tall if you're short and vice versa. No idea what it's like to be skinny if you're fat. You have no idea how to explain what chocolate tastes like to somebody who's never had it. You have no way of doing any of these things. Why? Because the only way you experience life and the only way you will ever experience life is through your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your touch. That's it. Your own experience, that's it. You can't tell me if you're a twin what it's like to be your other twin in any convincing way. You can't. That's different from being able to say, well, I know how this person would react. Or that person would react or what they would say or I know them really well. It's a wildly different scenario than, than that. This is I was, God was wrong. The creation was wrong. Nature was wrong. And we're supposed to bow to nature every chance we get in every circumstance we exist in. It's weird. That's what we're told by the left is they worship nature. But then why would you worship nature if nature is so fallible, so absolutely fallible on something so basic. This should be the easy stuff for nature to figure out if nature were conscious. Of course, nature isn't conscious. Human beings are conscious. Human beings have agendas. Human beings want certain things. And to get power to implement those certain things that they want, many other human beings are willing to do and say and lie and cheat and steal some horrible things. Horrible, horrible things. And that includes looking at children and going, ah, you know what? You can take this drug that will forever alter your body. You'll never be able to have children. You'll never be able, but you know what? You'll feel better about yourselves. You, you 10-year-old confused kid, rather than trying to figure out really what's at the root of it. Now, if you're 10 years old and then by the time you're 18 years old, you still want to do that, knock yourself out. I couldn't care less. It's your body. If you want to cut pieces off of it to settle your delusions, knock yourself out. But you want to do that to a kid? You want a kid to be able to do that no matter how sure that kid is? No thanks. No way. No how. It should be a crime. And thank God that states are standing up and doing this because the federal government under control of Democrats never would, never will. Thank God for those girls who the other day stood up and said, hey, that dude riding a bicycle is a woman. Is not a woman, I mean, is not a woman. We're not going to race against him. 
I'm sorry, but it's unfair. And they won. They stood up and they won. We need more people like that. Simply refuse to play the game. And frankly, the way that the left is pushing this stuff, and as hard as the left is pushing this stuff, and as sickening as the left is being and uh, getting, I'd very much like to, you know, if you're going to get a backlash. You're going to create a backlash. And it's going to be an unpleasant backlash where there was no animosity before there will be animosity because human beings free human beings don't like to be told what they have to do they don't like to be told by their government what they have to accept and we're at what reality is we know what reality is we see it with our own eyes if you don't want to live in it if you can't handle reality tough who cares it's not my problem it's not anybody's problem Kind of funny, because Politico yesterday got into uh, Katanji Brown Jackson's going to probably be confirmed this week to the Supreme Court. Who cares? She's not changing the makeup of the court. She was chosen because she's a black woman. Her qualifications, she checks the box, but she's just a bad jurist who has uh, a lot of sympathy, more sympathy for criminals than I think a judge should have. You sure your sympathy should be with the victims, but that's beside the point. When it comes to child pornographers, She's uh, in an area where it's it's pretty gross, actually, to go that easy on child pornographers because that's the first step toward becoming a child molester. But she has to live with it. She has to explain herself to God. Yesterday, Politico had a story. It really is... Amazing, they tweeted it out. Katanji Brown-Jackson will likely be confirmed as the first black Supreme Court justice by the end of this week. Here's how it's suspected, it's, it's, uh, here's how it's expected to go. And do you notice anything weird about that headline? Yeah, she's not the first black Supreme Court justice. That would be Thurgood Marshall. She's not even the second black Supreme Court justice. That would be Clarence Thomas, although to the left, they just ignore that Clarence Thomas exists or they deny that he's black. They're really gross people. Have I mentioned that? She would be the first black woman on the Supreme Court, but there's a catch. There's a problem because Politico didn't correct this right away. They deleted the tweet, but inside the story, in the story itself, in the body, they wrote... What's happening, Colin? Let's walk you through how the confirmation of Katanji Brown-Jackson to become the first black Supreme Court justice is likely to unfold this week. They wrote it twice. Does nobody at Politico follow the news? Apparently the answer is no. But there's a reason that this is likely not a mistake. This is likely something that the editors at Politico labored over for a little bit. And we're hoping wouldn't catch fire for mockery. It's pretty simple. Katanji Brown Jackson doesn't know what a woman is. She has no clue what a woman is. She can't define what a woman is. She doesn't know. Therefore, she can't be celebrated. That's part of the left's ideology now. Womanhood is nothing. You're just a birthing person at best. You're a chest feeder. You're a bleeder. You're not a woman because a woman can have a penis. A woman can be a man who feels pretty that day. So they can't celebrate her. Not without 
charges of accurate charges of hypocrisy as oh she's the first black woman because that begs the question how do you know what is a woman she couldn't define what a woman is are you sure that she's a woman shouldn't somebody ask her whether or not she's a woman all sorts of questions so you end up with them making complete ass clowns of themselves going oh she'll be the first uh, first black supreme court justice when she won't be she won't be at all <laughs> i kind of love watching this because they are twisting themselves into a pretzel they have to celebrate men being women and then you have to celebrate men beating women because those men say they're women sooner or later there is going to be a horrible horrible incident between a trans woman and a real woman and what are they going to do one of joe biden's greatest accomplishments in the united states senate according to him actually one of the few accomplishments throughout his entire senate career which went on forever was what I authored the Violence Against Women Act. Oh, okay, you voted the Violence Against Women Act. Okay, great. Uh, what's What do you do in that situation where a trans woman beats holy hell out of a woman? Because a trans woman is a man and is stronger, bigger, all the things you know than a woman. So what do you do in that circumstance? What happens? Is that a violation of the Violence Against Women Act? They don't know what to do or they won't tell you what they need to do. They won't tell you, they won't acknowledge the reality in sports in any way, shape, or form. No, 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 can't do that. Men are men, women are women, and you are whatever you declare yourself to be, they pretend. Because they're not out there. There's no, there's no constituency of female college athletes not uh, any constituency that matters anyway but when it comes to domestic violence there's a big constituency there sadly human beings are awful so if you come out and look at obvious cases of domestic violence of a man beating holy hell out of a woman and you say no that doesn't count because that man thinks he's a woman or that man is a woman even though it's a man you're going to crack that fragile coalition that you've built in the democratic party people don't realize this the democratic party is a coalition of people who left their own devices would not unify would not get together would not get along in any way shape or form you look at uh, proposition eight out in california it's been i don't know 10 20 years not 20 years but 10 or 15 years since proposition eight in california which was the gay marriage ban in california well it was a gay marriage referendum the left thought that they could get uh, enough people to reject that the right thought that they could get enough people to say no no marriage is between a man and a woman and the right one it passed in liberal california overwhelmingly this is what democracy looks like the people chanted screaming shutting people down from talking democrats immediately sued got it overturned they uh, were party it wasn't the it wasn't the case that the supreme court discovered the right to gay marriage in the constitution but it was uh, one of many 
that illustrated the Democrats are not at all serious about this is what democracy looks like. Well, that passed in California largely due to the black vote. The black vote in California overwhelmingly, something like 60 some odd percent, voted that marriage is between a man and a woman. Officially, there was no ambiguity in where the black community felt. And what did the left do? They, uh, they skillfully pretended that didn't exist. And what did they do? They went after evil white people who supported it. Remember, Brand, I think his name was Brandon Ike. Why I remember this, I don't know. I don't remember what I talked about yesterday, but Brandon Ike, who was the f- co-founder and CEO of Mozilla, the web browser company. He donated something like it was a hundred or a thousand. It wasn't a ton of money, but he donated a small amount of money to the pro proposition eight. Once that was found out, the left went absolutely crazy. He was one of the early adopters in the war of cancel culture. And he um, had to resign from the company that he had founded to save the company that he had founded. That's how the left operated. That's what they did. They never went after any prominent black preacher who instructed his congregation to vote against this, to vote in favor of traditional marriage. They didn't do any of that. Because to do that would expose the crack in the coalition that is the Democratic Party. You can look at any two groups in the Democratic Party and you will find uh, disconnecting interests and uh, in a lot of cases, dislike. I'm not going to go into all the details here, but let's just say that Well, if you just look at the the black community and the gay community, if you will, or the union worker and the gay community, or really even now it's the gay community and the trans community because the gay community is starting to feel uh, neglected by Democrats in exchange for an even smaller subset of it. They have these jealousies, just like you would in any circumstance when somebody is when the sun shining on them, oh boy, howdy, everything is great. But when it goes away for someone else, oh, that's a problem. That is the left's coalition. It can't last forever because realistically, they don't all like each other. They really dislike each other. It's going to be fun to watch it dissolve. Now let's talk about our tolerant left-wing friends, shall we? Oh my goodness, they really are just the best among us. Just ask them. God, they love themselves. And they, they, have, they have such low standards that they can't even live up to them. Tolerance, tolerance, peace, love, and understanding. <laughs> what do you get? Uh, the uh, post-millennial has this at UCLA's, UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles. Race and equity officer who wished death upon Clarence, upon Clarence Thomas once admitted to staging a race hoax. Now, the guy is named Jay Perk. He appears to be a black man. It's a small photograph, can't say for sure. But he's very tolerant, and I can't imagine them hiring a a white guy to hold this position, a straight white guy for sure. Jay Perk, he's at Jonathan Perk on Twitter. He said, no one wants to openly admit it, 
We all hope Clarence Thomas dies. Whatever you need to tell yourselves, this whole rule we're not to wish ill on people is silly. Uncle Thomas is a sexist token who's committed himself to making us all share in he and his treasonous wife's misery. Now, he's a lovely human being, this J Jonathan Perk, or J. Perk. He, uh, he's got a picture there of himself in a t-shirt saying, Stop shooting us. It just repeatedly says, Stop shooting us. Which I assume is uh, the myth, the lie, that police are shooting young black men. Now, if the shirt were about black men shooting other black men, that shirt would be completely irrelevant. Stop shooting us. Stop shooting us. But that's not the way the world works. Uh, now, the Postmillennial reports a race and equity officer at the University of California, Los Angeles, who wished death upon Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, was the subject of a racial profiling hate hoax on a prominent law school campus more than a decade ago. It's weird how these people, they never learn because there are no consequences. You hear about all these hate crime hoaxes where like, somebody wrote the N-word on my classroom door or my dorm room door. Somebody put a, a trans flag upside down on my door. It's horrible. It's the worst. And then they go, well, we've got surveillance footage of you doing it. Oh, yeah, but okay, yeah, I guess I did it. And then the consequences for having done that and filing a false report are nothing. Nothing. There are no consequences. And you wonder why these people grow up to be monsters, because they never learned the lessons that normal children learn when they are children. Postmillennial continues, in response to last week's news that Thomas was hospitalized for an infection, the race and equity director, Jonathan Perkins, was part of a liberal mob hoping that the ill black conservative leaning Supreme Court justice would die. And then they quote the tweet. Nobody wants to admit blah, blah, blah. Perkins called him Uncle Thomas, a derogatory insult used by progressives to smear counterculture blacks as race traitors based on Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's cabin and a sexist token, blah, blah, blah. He then went on to say, quote, I'm over it. He is bad. He literally, and literally is in all caps, he literally endangered lives of countless of this country's vulnerable populations. He can go. Notice they never say, how? How did Clarence Thomas do that? What did they do? And who are these vulnerable populations? You can just say people you like. You can just say people you That's really what they mean is these are favored groups. And the unfavored groups are the non-favored groups. That's it. We don't care. We just don't like this type of person because of their skin color, because of their sexual orientation, whatever. This is also moot because he wasn't actually sick. Y'all think he's just so happened to secretly be admitted to the hospital for an unidentified ailment the exact day the January 6th committee released leaked information implicating him and his wife? Grow up, Peter Pan! Except that he'd already been in the hospital for four days before anybody knew about it. Uh, Mr. Perk is not very bright, but that's beside the point. Perkins further indicated that he did not believe Thomas was drunk or not was sick. Blah, blah, blah. Clarence Thomas can joke, choke, as far as I'm concerned. He hurts people I love. Well, um, I don't like you, Jay Perk. So if he hurts people you love, then good. 
Is that okay? Would that be acceptable? Would you go, well, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Of course he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. He then wrote, yes, Clarence Thomas can die and I won't be sad. Jay Perk can die and no one would even notice. So, I mean, there's that. UCLA's vice chancellor for equity, diversity, and inclusion responded to an email statement with an email statement, quote, this tweet does not reflect my or UCLA's uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion views. <laughs> the university's chief diversity officer, Anna Spain Bradley, told the Post Millennial, accountability is listed among the on-campus DEI or DEI office core missions. Following the online backlash, Perkins set his Twitter account with over 18,000 followers to private mode before going public again later in the week. Perkins' controversial tweets wishing harm upon Thomas remain on Twitter. See, you're allowed to wish ill. If it's a black conservative, it's not really black. First of all, conservatives aren't people. Black conservatives, there's no such thing. It's obviously an Uncle Tom. So yeah, go ahead, wish him dead. That's okay. If you say, hey, you know what? I wish that uh, Bernie Sanders would keel over. The world would be a much better place if Bernie Sanders dropped out. Or boy, if AOC just uh, stepped into an elevator shaft when the elevator wasn't there, the world would be a much, much better place. My God, that would not only get you banned from social media, that would get you a visit from the authorities. How dare you wish this person did. She would be on a nonstop Instagram rant about how people, especially those evil conservatives, are just wishing ill upon her. She's, they're so mean and awful. But you wish a Supreme Court justice dead because he's black and won't behave the way you think a black person should. Meh. He'll probably have an MSNBC show before too long. <laughs> Perkins made headlines, and this is the kind of person where you go, why would you hire this guy? That's because he's a liberal. That's why there are no consequences for liberals. Perkins made headlines in the past when he was the center of local media firestorm in Charlottesville, Virginia, during the end of his law school days. While a student at the University of Virginia Law School in 2011, he made national news when he claimed he was the victim of racial profiling by the school's police department. The case resulted in FBI involvement and what Perkins maintained was a coerced recantation. Years later, Perkins went public with the full story, alleging that a federal agent pressured him to recant his initial claims. Yes, that's exactly what you think of when you think of the FBI in the era of Obama. They come in and say, no, 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 just pretend, forget it, never mind. That's what they're known for. So stupid. He, when he was a young law student, a law student, Perkins claimed that the campus police racially profiled him until he recanted the allegations weeks later. Six to seven years passed before Perkins decided to, quote, set the record straight, according to a 2018 Associated Press expose where he claimed he was under duress when he said he fabricated the tale about how two white cops harassed him because he's black. Maybe it's just because you're a jerk. You know, you ever think of that? These, these leftists never consider that. Quote, I want people to know what actually happened. I want people to know that people of color don't have to make these things up. Then why do they so often? 
Why do they, Jay? Uh, UVA student-run newspaper, The Cavalier Daily, reported that the university's press release announcing the confession, campus police decided not to press charges or treat it as a criminal case, and therein lies the problem. How many of these instances they just go, well, lesson learned. This person who made these false claims, thereby smearing pretty much everybody at this institution, uh, they will be allowed to go. They've learned their lesson. Clearly, they haven't learned their lesson. The lesson they learned is you can get away with this stuff. If you're insistent enough, if you're vocal enough, if you're loud enough and scream enough, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and the squeakier wheel gets off light, gets off easy. It's pretty sick. This guy should have had the book thrown at him. But then so many of these, and actually I don't even know of any, I can't think off the top of my head, there's probably a few, of these hate crime hoaxes where the people who perpetrated them, these so-called victims, actually faced any kind of consequences for their false claims. Look at well, The closest, I guess, is Jesse Smollett. He spent about 15 to 16 minutes behind bars after smearing an entire city, half the country, and uh, doing it just so he could try to get a raise. He's convicted, and they said, all right, well, come on, go ahead. You can get out of prison. It's all good, Jussie. Yeah, it's uh, it's just an unfair world we live in or something like that, an oppressive, oppressive society. It's, you, never, you never see these go the other way where, well, they don't even get reported on. The uh, shooting out in San, what is it, San Bernardino? Wasn't it San Bernardino? There was a, a mass shooting in uh, Sacramento, sorry. Sacramento, dozen or so people shot, six people killed over the weekend. There's a bunch of footage of it. They're fighting and choking each other. and All these idiots take out their video cameras and stand around and film this. Here's a pro tip for you, ladies and gentlemen. If a fight breaks out, don't take your phone out and film it. Just get the hell away from it. Get away. Get, don't go to areas where fights break out with regularity. Don't hang out with people who regularly get into fights. Your life will be exponentially better if you follow these simple, basic rules. But still, we get all these idiots. Everything that happens. Oh, the world must know. We have to film it. Okay, fine. Film it. Knock yourself out. But when the gunfire starts, um, you're probably going to be right in the line of fire. And the people were running away. They were in the line of fire. But Joe Biden came out and said, we need more gun control laws. And the media was horrified at this mass shooting in Sacramento. My God, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. And suspects had gotten away. Nobody knew who'd done it. And we just don't know. We may never know. It's an awful lot. Well, then the rest were made. Democrats were trying to use this as a push for gun control. The media was on board and ready to go with it. And then when the arrests were made, they arrested two black guys. Oh, man. Now you won't hear anything more about it. You won't hear anything more about the Sacramento shooting. We might, maybe you'll hear when the convictions happened, provided the convictions happened. But the two suspects were black men. And at which point the media loses interest, the left loses interest, they just don't care. Most of the victims were also black, and boy howdy, if they had not been, if the shooters had not been black, if the shooters had been white, 
man, the, the narrative writes itself. They were ready to run with that sucker. They desperately wanted that to be the case. And then a guy named Dandry Martin gets arrested. <clears throat> and all the calls by Joe Biden, we need more gun control laws. Well, Dandry Martin, he was, uh, let's just say you don't start off by shooting a whole bunch of people. He had a criminal record, which means that it was illegal for him to own or possess a firearm. So it was already an illegal gun. Again, this story will go away. It's very telling that so many people can be shot and that many people killed. And the second it's discovered that it can't help Democrats, it's like it never even happened. They don't give a damn. Happens all the time, though. Happens all the time because Democrats are sick, evil, disgusting people. Have I said that? I feel like I've said that before. Yeah, I think I have. It's only because they are. Now I want to play some audio from our idiot president of the United States. My God. <sighs> Talking about trucking. Joe has had a long history. He's already been fact-checked on this multiple times. You know, you, you never drove a truck. You never drove in a truck. You never did this. They can't find any evidence of this, but Joe is committed to the lie, damn it. you got to admire that. He is committed to the lie the same way he's committed to the fact that Corn Pop was a bad dude and that he really enjoyed as a young man, for some really gross kind of reason, having his leg hair petted by young black children as he was a lifeguard. Don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself. He said it. He said it proudly. Anyway, at an event at the White House yesterday uh, celebrating trucking, talking about trucking, <sighs> he recounted a story that just didn't happen. Here it is. When I was a young senator, I was a, there was a guy who... Uh, ran steel from Deemer Steel out to Ohio. And uh, so I decided to ride out with him to see what it was like on the strike. And I was driving, going through Shiloh, Ohio. And, uh, and we, he, he was, his handle was Big Ten. And remember, everybody, all the truck stops were being blockaded at the time during the strike. And he, uh, he called, he said, Big Ten wanting to come in. I forget exactly how he said it. And the, and the only woman truck driver I ever knew I met that day, she said, this is Big Mama, no room. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. Swear to God. He said, he said, I've got a United States senator driving my truck. She said, I got the damn president of mine, so what? Yeah, he just happened. Everybody's nickname or CB handle was Big. Big Ten, this is Big Mama, come back, Big. This is Big Billy coming at you. What'd you get? I got a United States senator. Nobody cares. <laughs> the United States senators aren't special. Joe Biden likes to act like he's been president his whole life and was treated as such as though, you know, there, there's hail to the chief played when he enters the room because he's a United States senator. And, oh, my God, everybody bowed to me because I was a United States senator. Nobody gave a damn. United States senators aren't special. President of the United States, the United States senators don't get Secret Service details. They don't get protective, nothing. They're just guys out there. When they go around the state, usually, unless they're really arrogant or senile and can't drive themselves, they will drive themselves to various events because that's just how they roll. But Joe thinks, oh, you can just hop on there. You can, it, what it reminds me of, 
what Joe Biden's stories of what it was like for him to be a United States senator remind me of the movie Eyes Wide Shut. Not because of the sex, not because of the nudity or anything, although Joe's definitely involved in that. It's because if you watch that movie, one of the dumbest parts of it, and there's plenty of dumb things in that movie, is Tom Cruise runs around and he has his like hospital ID or medical, I don't know what the hell it is, but he flashes it, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor, and he gets in everywhere. Everywhere he goes, I'm a doctor, and he flashes it, and he, oh, come on in, well then, you, sorry you can't go in there, but I'm a doctor. All right, well then, sure, go right ahead. Joe acts like if you just flash your Senate ID, that was like it was. Everybody bowed to you. While you could go into, unrestri- into restricted areas anywhere you wanted in the world. No, you can't, especially outside of your own state. You ride from Pennsylvania to Ohio. Nobody gives a damn about some D-bag from Delaware coming over there. But in Joe's world, man, nah, those were the days, my friend. You thought they'd never end because they never happened. That uh, billboard in New York where they're, you know, you come to New York, you can say anything you want here. You can say gay all day long. Can you say there are only two genders? I don't think you can say there are only two genders. I'm not sure that you can, you can say anything you want as long as you don't displease the liberal intelligentsia of New York. Then, then it's game on. Then it's open season on you. That you can't say. But otherwise, you can say whatever you want. <clears throat> Uh, speaking of which, I just saw this, and this is, um, these are the stories you don't hear very often, because these are the stories the left doesn't want you to know exist, and I suspect, since we, we aren't allowed to hear these stories, that we are not, um, we don't have any idea how many of them there are, because you can't talk about them. The UK Daily Mail, becoming a man was a huge mistake, so why did doctors allow me to do it? Sinead changed gender at the age of 23 and then changed her mind and detransitioned four years later and is furious with the general practitioners are being paid to give hormone therapy. Yeah, there are a lot of people. There was a whole documentary. I wrote about it in my book that you uh, was going to be shown in the UK and it caused an outrage. And it was about profiling people who had detransitioned. They swore up and down they were whatever the opposite of their real gender was. And then they said, uh, oops, no, not. I want to change back. And it caused an uproar uproar in the UK. And then the Canadians were going to play it. It was going to show in Canada. And the trans community, so confident in who they are, said, absolutely not, hell no, you can't run this thing. And they threatened and they threatened and they threatened and they won. And it was not shown in Canada because, well, they didn't want it shown. They don't want people to know that people like this exist. Which tells you something. What it tells you, you can make up your own mind on. But it definitely tells you something. Right. The relationship between sisters is often tricky. Parents going through the hair pulling one minute, allies against the world the next stage are invariably told that time was time has a way of soothing out all the bumps. With Sinead Watts and her big sister, Andrea, this is currently true. Their bump, however, is anything but typical for them enjoying each other's sisterly company is a precious privilege hard-worn because at the age of 23, Sinead lived as a man, 
having privately thought of herself as transgender from the age of 21, only realizing four years ago at 27 that she had made a terrible mistake and detransitioning at 28. But some damage is irreversible. She had a full mastectomy and owing to the testosterone she took for years, has been left with a gruff voice and facial hair she removes every two days. Quote, I'm trying to forgive myself and the medical profession, she says quietly. When I told doctors at the gender clinic I hated my body and wanted to be a man, they never questioned why. If they had, they might have been, uh, they might have discovered that my body dysphoria wasn't the cause of my problems. It was the symptom. I was about to make the biggest decision of my life, but I wasn't offered in-depth counseling. Instead, I was effectively left to self-diagnose. This is true. You just take somebody's word for it. Now, would you take somebody's word for it if you've ever seen a great movie, Arsenic and Old Lace? The brother there thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. It's crazy. Charges up the stairs. Every time he goes up the stairs, it's charge, and he runs up the stairs. Would you, if somebody declares themselves to be Teddy Roosevelt or Napoleon, would you immediately take their word for it? Unquestioningly take their word for it? No, you wouldn't. You shouldn't, because they're not Napoleon or Teddy Roosevelt. Just like a man is not a woman. Sinead's anger and her pointed accusations against the doctors and psychiatrists who enabled her transition as a frightened and deeply unhappy woman are incendiary and, as many have discovered to their cost, sure to provoke fierce opposing reactions. But what no one can dispute is that Sinead's scars, physical and psychological, run very deep. See, the so-called trans community, the gay lobby, doesn't want you to know that someone like Sinead exists. Sinead Watson, look her up. They don't want you to know that people detransition, that people are not, you know, that they get it wrong. Now, does that mean that all trans are wrong? No, but... Does it mean that all trans is right? Absolutely, positively not. What we need to do is figure this stuff out for the good of everybody. One would think, you would think the mental health professionals would say, we need to study this intently. Instead, they draw a line around it and say, nobody can mess with this. Nobody can challenge anything. Nobody can say anything. Don't you dare even try, which is... Bizarre, to say the least. Science is about questioning, should be about questioning. Otherwise, the Earth would still be the center of the universe. Now we know better. Now we know lots of things better. The moon is not made of green cheese, for example, much to the chagrin of my children. So these things, as they progress and as they go on, it's very important to recognize people like Sinead Watson. It's important to spread her story. Social media is seemingly throttling this story and other such stories the same way that activists choked off completely to the point of unconsciousness that documentary I told you about that they wanted to show in Canada. You're not allowed to see it. Certain questions are not allowed to be asked. Certain truths are not allowed to be acknowledged. And anybody 
who is engaging in those sorts of activities to deny the truth's existence, they're the problem. They're hiding something. What are they hiding? I don't know, but I suspect somebody who was transitioned, who was comfortable always and completely with their transition and only knows people who are comfortable with their transitions. A, they wouldn't need to be convinced, and B, they wouldn't care what people around them say, what other people say. You're not going to be able to convince me that the sun rises in the West, for example, because I know the truth. The sun rises in the East. You can be as sure as you want to be. You can be as insistent as you feel the need to be, but you are never going to convince me of it because I know the truth. You're not going to convince me that up is down and down is up. I know the truth. I don't care if you run around and start talking to people, and you'd probably find some people who would go along with it. There's a flat earth society that I'd like to think is started as a joke, but I suspect that while it is started as a joke, many members of it don't get the joke. And that's fine. You're free to be stupid. But you don't get to force me to be stupid right along with you. You don't get to force me to partake in your delusions. You shouldn't anyway. If you're confident that the earth is flat, then you wouldn't have a problem with somebody carrying around a globe trying to convince other people that it's not, would you? You shouldn't. You're confident in what you are. If you are confident that you are really a woman trapped in a man's body or a man trapped in a woman's body, what does it matter if somebody else who was confident of the exact same thing turned out to be wrong? Would you care? You shouldn't care. It doesn't impact you. You're confident. You're sure, right? That so many people are wildly mm, insecure about such things kind of makes me think that a lot of people have those feelings of, what have I done? I just woke up, the anesthetic wore off, or probably not that quickly, but a couple months or years down the line, when whatever itching, aching, I don't belong here feeling returns, because if you don't deal with it, it eventually will return. If that returns, then what do you do? What do you do? There's nothing left to cut off. There are no more pills to take. The solution that you engaged in was pretty final. Pretty final. There's not a lot of going back. They can do certain things, but you're never going to get your breasts back. They're gone. They're incinerated. You're never going to get your uh, male genitalia back, to put it mildly. It's been inverted and hollowed out. They can make some sort of thing out of it, but it's just never going to be the same. And you're still going to have that hollow feeling. Maybe you should deal with that. Maybe you should deal with that. That's why I think a lot of these people... There's somebody was Robbie Rainbow or something like that was trending yesterday on Twitter because he did a video where he's like, I'm gay. First of all, his name's Robbie Rainbow. And he's like a, a gay performer 
pseudo celebrity or whatever social media celebrity. I think we figured that one out. But it was a mock interview that he did with Ron DeSantis where he took video of Ron DeSantis and edited it up, pretending like he was talking to it. And then he bust out into a song like Ron DeSantis was, no, I came out to Ron DeSantis and he didn't like it, was what he said. Ron DeSantis doesn't care that you exist. He doesn't know that you exist. He doesn't care that you exist. Why do you care so desperately that he does exist? There he goes. Randy Rainbow is his name. He has uh, got 717,000 followers on Twitter. Says uh, satire, three-time Emmy-nominated comedian. Never heard of him. His whole shtick seems to be that he's gay, which is sad. That means that he's not a talented actor, which he listed himself as. Singer, internet sensation. He's with CAA Talent Agency. At randyrainbow.com and hashtag Black Lives Matter because, of course, you have to have that. And he's got the rainbow flag and everything. And he says, I just came out to Ron DeSantis and he didn't take it well. Now, his video has got 1.4 million views on social media, which doesn't really tell you anything. People don't, people aren't honest about those sorts of things. If you're scrolling past something on Facebook and a video is playing, but it's on mute and you don't pay any attention, but you stop there for a second because you're reading something else, that counts as a view. You didn't view it. You didn't care. You didn't push play. You didn't hear a damn thing. But that counts as a view. Same with Twitter. Same with YouTube. If it starts and it goes for like 10 seconds, you've got a view. Congratulations. They cooked, all these places cooked the books to make themselves seem more popular than they actually are. But Randy Rainbow, he's got his video out there. Ron DeSantis doesn't care that you're gay, dude. Nobody cares that you're gay except you. Because it is who you are. Now, it's your shtick. It's your marketing gimmick. It's the character you play online. I can't imagine that you dress that way every single day, only when you know you're going to be spotted in public or have some sort of public appearance. But whatever. I don't care. You are irrelevant to everybody who doesn't know you. Right? That's just We all are. It's not just you. We all are. The world's a better place when you recognize that because then we don't give a damn what other people think. When you don't give a damn what other people think, my God, your world opens up and your life gets infinitely better. Trust me on that. So if you're sitting there whining and complaining about X, Y, or Z and you're desperate for the validation of a five-year-old classroom full of kids going, oh no, here's my lifestyle and I need you to love it. Don't give a damn, not just about what those kids think, about what the adults think, about what anybody thinks. You'll be much better off. But maybe just maybe you're looking for that validation because you recognize that uh, maybe you're uncomfortable with what you're doing. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. I'm looking at the libs of TikTok Twitter feed. And they've got a tweet from uh, the screen capture from the Instagram account of the Gateway School, which is in New York. It's a middle school in New York. Uh, beyond the rainbow, colon, your ultimate guide to pride flags. Why do you need, look, if you need flags to celebrate your genitals or your, your sexual orientation, you're pathetic. You're honest to God. The, the pride flag that started it all. And then there's the six color pride flag, which doesn't have, it looks like pink has been taken off of it for some weird reason. Then you've got the Philadelphia pride flag. I didn't know that cities had their own pride flags. And there's the transgender flag. Plain boring. Mostly tucked away in the back. Uh, The non-binary pride flag. Again, four colors. Boring. Who the hell makes this stuff up? Uh, 
the intersex flag, the flag for the asexual community, the bisexual pride flag, the pansexual flag, the flag for the lesbian community, the gay men flag, and then the modern pride flag, which it just looks like somebody ate all the colors and threw up on it. That's it. There you go. Congratulations. You've got a flag. You don't have a life. You don't have any meaning in that life. But you got a flag. So good on you. I do want to play you some a little montage from Grabian Media. As you remember just last week at this time, what was the top story? It was the most important story ever. It was that Donald John Trump as president of the United States had clearly and illegally, immorally, and all other sorts of manner of things that upset liberals, um, wiped clean the phone logs for January the 6th, 2020. The violent insurrection that was clear that that meant that Donald Trump was on the phone to every single one of the rioters that day, instructing them how to move and telling them to please go and hunt down Vice President Mike Pence. That's what we were told. That had to be true. Donald Trump is an awful human being, right? It was too good to fact check. Nobody bothered to look into it. And this was Bob Woodward and Robert Costa, CBS News and the Washington Post, getting together for this massive scoop. Oh my, it was a stop the presses moment for them. It's a big deal. As Joe Biden says, a BFD as Barack Obama gets ready to come back to the White House uh, to celebrate the anniversary of Obamacare's a BFD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only problem was it wasn't true. Nobody bothered to check in that act of journalism. Nobody bothered to do any actual journalism and say, hey, what uh, is this unusual? Is this odd? Had they done that, they would have noticed that, no, it wasn't unusual, that it was not in any way, shape, or form odd, that it was, in fact, quite normal, because they only measured or um, cataloged phone calls made through the White House switchboard. The presidents do not make most of their own phone calls, and when they're not in the residence, they tend not to go through the White House switchboard. They tend to have staff go through and just dial direct or things like that, and somebody hands them the phone. That's how it works. So those calls would not have been logged because they didn't go through the organization that logs them. That revelation came out five days after. It took somebody five days to do anything remotely close to resembling journalism. And it didn't work out very well for the journalists there who were drooling over the prospect of catching Donald Trump once and for all. Well, Grabian Media put together a great montage of the reporting, if you can call it that, on this very thing. The liberal media declaring something that wasn't, declaring it to absolutely be. They have no concern. And by the way, I would like to point out that as you listen to this montage, to my knowledge, you'll recognize most of these voices. To my knowledge, not a single one of these people has done any sort of mea culpa, has done any sort of eating of crow or acknowledgement, certainly not to the extent 
that they spread the lie. Chris Hayes, according to, I think it was Glenn Greenwald, spent 34 minutes on it over the course of three days, this story. There's no way in God's green earth he spent anywhere close to that time correcting the record, if he corrected the record at all, because it's a story about Donald Trump. It's just too good to not be true. But just as a reminder of how awful the media is, just listen to this little montage. Everything you're about to hear is a lie. The ghetto president that they thought Obama would be is officially Donald Trump. This dude is walking like he's Bodie from The Wire with burner phones and erasing phone records. Trump, or someone in his administration, appears to have actually tampered with the records. These White House records are not just incomplete. The gap suggests staggering and potentially willful omissions. Seven hours makes the 18 minutes of erased Oval Office tapes around Watergate look like a game of patty cake. Donald Trump, a man who makes Richard Nixon look like a Boy Scout. Donald Trump makes Nixon look like a piker. Donald Trump has acted like a mafia boss. He didn't want a record of the calls, and, and what he was saying in those calls is, uh, is anybody's guess. There appears to be a real cover-up of who Trump was talking to while the mob was attacking and ransacking the Capitol. Was he talking to people uh, that were in the Oath Keepers or some of the other rioters? Uh, that were involved in this. It looks like he made a decision. I'm going to take this offline for the next seven and a half hours. To me, that's really compelling evidence of his state of mind. What this shows is he's staying out of sight in order not to have any record of what he's talking about. That would actually be, in a real trial, something that would trigger a consciousness of guilt instruction. This clearly is a crime if it involves dishonesty in trickery. And of course, that defines the Trump actions on this. This is a very big deal. And it's just more evidence of bad faith by Donald Trump. Donald Trump and his allies, whether they removed calls from the log or they made secret calls on burner phones, knew what they were doing was wrong and tried to hide it. Simple as that. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. There's your left, there's your media, there's your modern mainstream media, absolutely 100% wrong. And if they let the wrong stand, it becomes a lie. Anybody can be wrong. It's once you discover you're wrong, that you don't correct the record. It's when you become a liar. Now, these people were liars for many other reasons long before this, but it's just interesting and worth pointing out. Just as this, as they get ready to vote for Ketanji Brown-Jackson... Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and Susan Collins have all said, oh, I'm going to vote for her. For her. She's well qualified. Whatever. I don't care. It's not going to change the balance of the court. It actually just helps Republicans recognize what these people are. But we should have known this already. I just want to point this out because this is funny. Abigail Marone, who is the uh, press secretary for Josh Hawley, Senator Hawley, tweeted these two stories out, both from Slate, I believe are they both. Yeah, they are both from Slate. And they're both by somebody called Dahlia Lithwick, who is a darling of the left. The liberal intelligentsia, the uh, the blue checkmark brigade. She is one of them proudly. She is a champion of liberal causes. The journalists on the left love her work. She has a piece yesterday. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley got what they wanted from their child porn smear. Oh, child porn smear. She's so unlike... Child porn. Well, you go back to March 3rd, 2019. You might begin to see why Dahlia Lithwick is so upset 
about people saying bad things about child pornographers. The piece entitled, Are Pedophiles Too Sick for Punishment? Written by Dahlia Lithwick. Apparently the subheadline: we've never quite known whether child molesters should be treated as sick people or punished as criminals. Uh, I know they need to be uh, punished as criminals harshly and never see the light of day again. And if they're, you know, lost to time, so be it. Says if sex with children is truly the product of freely made moral choices, then we should deal with it through the criminal justice system. But if it is genetically overdetermined, a determined, uh, but if it is a genetically overdetermined impulse, an uncontrollable urge nestled in our DNA, then punishing pedophiles must be morally wrong. Same person wrote both of those things. Oh, the child porn smear. And, hey, but if it's in the DNA, we shouldn't be, it'd be morally wrong to punish pedophiles. Um, now, these are people who will tell you that DNA doesn't matter when it comes to determining whether you're a man or a woman. Your, your chromosomes don't matter, nothing. But if it comes to getting a, uh, a criminal off, Maybe that's not the best choice of words, but if it's a, you know, that sense, then they're perfectly down with it. Then it's science. The science says that people can't control themselves. Now, people can control themselves all kinds of ways. And if you can't, tough, then you go to prison. Adults can make those decisions. If adults cannot control their compunctions, um, then they should not be out in polite society, realistically. But I just wanted to illustrate to you what the modern left has become. They're defending pedophilia and child pornography to own the conservatives. So I'm looking at the Internet and there's I have I don't know if any of you have experienced the metaverse. Have you? I have not. And uh, I don't I'm not in a hurry to figure it out. But every day it seems like there's new, there's sexual harassment in the metaverse. What do you mean there's sexual harassment in the metaverse? You're, you're wearing a goggle mask thing or whatever, and you're not really there. And yeah, there are perverts coming up and grinding on you. They don't know. You can be, you know, you can be transgender in the metaverse, apparently, or whatever the hell you want to be. You can be a, a damn unicorn if you so desire. But now there's a story of the U.S. Sun. Rob Blocks unveils new humanoid avatar clothing you'll be wearing in the metaverse. And guess what? It's as ugly as the stuff people wear now. <laughs> like, who has the time for this stuff? How you, oh, we're going to all live in the metaverse in the future. No, basically, we're just you're saying that we're going to create our own matrix, right? We're going to imprison ourselves in the matrix. Is that what we're going to do? The new clothing system allows... Let's see, on Monday, Roblox formally launched their new layered clothing system, according to a new press release by the company. The new clothing system... You've already lost me at clothing system. Uh, allows clothing and accessories from the avatar shop to fit any virtual body type. <laughs> there, there's people with Lego heads... There's like one-eyed dude. There's what looks like a baby Godzilla in the background of this picture. There's a certain demon-looking dude with horns and, I don't know, there's a chef frog or something. It's very... And then there's one right in front looks like Oprah. I don't know if that's intentional or not. 
but Oprah looks like Lego Oprah, kind of. No matter what your body type is, don't worry. You can um, <laughs> wear crappy clothes in the virtual world. Quote, users can outfit their existing Roblox avatars with up to six layers of clothing on top of existing classic clothing, Roblox said. That sounds exciting. Now, don't you want to go and move into the metaverse? Six layers of clothing. My goodness. Most I can get in real life is four. Now you've given me two extra ones? Layers of clothing? The platform, which launched in 2006, specified that in a trial period, it gave 14.4 million unique users a it gave 14, acquired some 74 million free jackets. That's a poorly written sentence. Not my dyslexia. Poorly written. Uh, and the, in that five-day period, they have already seen over 2,000 user-created clothing and accessories submitted to the Avatar shop. We're in desperate need of a hobby if we're sitting around burning. You know, you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me how society is awful and society is terrible. And and then you sit there and you go, but what is your avatar going to wear? What is your avatar? We're going to have a Cyclops avatar that is going to be a cross between a, psych, a general Cyclops and uh, Godzilla with a little bit of Oprah thrown in. And uh, layer upon layer of clothes. But I tell you, I'm not going to join the metaverse unless and until I can have seven layers of clothing. That's just the way it is. I have to have standards. God help us. We, we could use some real problems because we're out of them and we're ending up looking like just absolute clowns. Um, speaking of absolute clowns, uh, before we go, I want to play you this President Fauci clip. He is struggling for relevancy, desperately struggling for relevancy. He was on giving some interview. I don't even know where it was. It doesn't even matter anymore. He's such a non-entity now, and I don't think he can handle it. But he's preparing. Like, don't worry if the CDC says we got to put masks back on. We got to put masks back on. It's like somebody tried to recreate like a, a really good time in high school like well let's if we get everybody together again and we go to the same place again then maybe no you'll never recapture that moment sorry but this is uh president fauci saying masks may have to return and just get used to the idea the cdc has been very clear as you've indicated that in fact if things turn around and you have a rather substantial uptick in cases that is associated with an increase in hospitalizations, the CDC might turn around that recommendation and say, we've got to go back to indoor masks. I think there's going to be a lot of pushback on the part of the American public in doing that, although it would be the prudent thing to do. Although it would be the prudent thing. You've got to be ready. There could be some pushback, but you're going to have to put the mask on because that's what the CDC wants. Wear your mask. Well, let's look at the seven-day rolling average of COVID cases before we go. Last year at this time, the seven-day average was, uh, well, it was 63,950 new cases. That's the seven-day average. That's a lot of cases. This year, it is less than half that. Thank God. 
28,961. Now, they're saying you hear this a lot, and I don't know because they don't release those kind of numbers anymore, but they do talk about it. They say, well, the numbers are ticking up. They don't give you the numbers so you can see that it's ticking up yourself, which I don't necessarily not believe them, but I just wonder why they're not giving us daily numbers. Well, the number of deaths, the seven-day average from a year ago was 815 deaths per day. That was the seven-day average. This year, it is 604. Now, I would like to see an explanation as to why, with all of the shots, they're still pushing the shots, right? They're still pushing, get the shot, get the shot, get the shot, get the booster, do this, do the other thing. Why it is that with so many Americans shot, boosted, all the different treatments and everything that's available to everybody in this country, shot or not, that the cases are down by more than half, but the number of deaths per day is still high. There's a, an algebra equation that could figure this one out, but to go from 63,900 cases, 64,000 cases per day and 815 deaths to only 29,000 cases per day, but 600 deaths. Seems like a disconnect to me. Seems like something that would we, if we had a complete data set, we would explore. But we don't get to explore anything with the data. We don't know the ages of anything. Nobody seems to be, maybe some of these places are collecting it, but it's harder and harder and harder to report on it because it's all different. It's a seven-day average now. Well, um, what's the age? What are the ages of these people dying? Do we know? Is, are we still collecting this kind of data? President Fauci, we're not going to snap back to attention just because you want us to, unless you give us damn good reason to. Masks probably are never going to come back. But these people are trying to have their cake and eat it too, which is kind of scary because they got used to that power. They desperately want that power back. And the power itself is now becoming the means to their own ends. Anyway, the ends of this show are here. We're out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you listening. We're just getting started this week. Tune back in tomorrow. Have yourself a wonderful day. Try not to get rained on. And be back here tomorrow. Have a great one. Thanks for listening. <laughs>